Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we are for another edition of the new media show. And, uh, Rob, are your bags packed? Are you ready to go? As, as packed as they need to be. I, I usually pack kind of last minute, so it's, it's all right. I think just getting, getting prepared for the adventure of the NAB show of sorts. So yep. it'll be interesting to see how many people actually go to that event. And, you know, to most of our listeners, probably the NAB show isn't much of a, much of an event that any of them care about, but it's, it, it's something that Todd and I have been doing for many, many years. And we oftentimes go to Las Vegas and, and do a lot of, uh, podcasting topic uh, sessions and live stream this show and have done all sorts of stuff uh, at that event o- over the years. So it is a significant event from the perspective of broadcasters of which we've been a part of. I've, uh, I haven't packed yet, but uh, I yeah. basically go to Detroit tomorrow night and then oh, Friday okay. morning fly out. <clears throat> Cause you know, we got to do booth set up Saturday. And then uh, full-on Donkey Kong after that, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then uh, back here on Thursday. But I tell you, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I've just been slaving. I've been very, 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 very busy, uh, head down, grinding through stuff. It's been, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm forcing myself, my, when my watch tells me to stand up, I, I stand up now because it's one of those things where if I don't, I, I don't. So it's been a very, very, very busy time. It's really not even prepping for the show. It's just been stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to prep for this. I mean, I'm not even a part of any company other than my own going oh, to this right. event this year. So I'm not doing any booth or anything like that, but you know, so it'll be a different adventure for me. Well, um, you, being you, there. you can stop by and get a demo. I can spend some time and uh, walk you through the platform. I'm sure there's going to be, plenty of time to do that so yeah and that's kind of that's kind of what i've been doing i've been talking i spent a lot of time with a lot of different companies um getting up to speed with what they're doing and all the hosting platforms and which i i think i've mentioned on the show prior just you know becoming more more of a swiss army knife to the industry and trying to be more knowledgeable across all of the platforms and and so if you certainly feel free to reach out to me and i would love to do a call with you if you have an innovative platform that you're trying to uh, get out there and have people aware of. I, I would love to, you know, be aware of it and and help in whatever way I can. You know, if you want to send me an email, Rob uh, Greenly at gmail.com, that would be uh, that'd be all right. So we are lit and live. I've sent out the bat signal, and uh, so if you're not participating in the new podcasting apps at podcastapps.com, but go over there and grab one. We want you to play in that battlefield a little bit, especially if you're a podcaster. You're missing out here on the cool stuff going on. So anyway, big news. Of course, I knew about this before it popped because the embargo came in, but uh, change of ownership over at Podcast Business Journal. It's now, uh, now in the hands of uh, Pod News and Company. Yeah. I, I think it's an, it's an interesting development from the standpoint of if you back up and you look at the, the, the merger from 30,000 foot view, you know, I think, um, it's one thing I think pod news is probably this kind of short up on, and that's kind of a business focused 
um, aspect of their company. You know, the podcast business journal kind of implies the business of podcasting where pod news is really kind of an industry, um, kind of news kind of platform that isn't specific to a certain segment of the podcast community that's interested in business stuff. So if you think about like sounds profitable, very much a podcast business focused thing. So I can definitely see where James was thinking about this. And I know James has been writing articles for the podcast business journal on a regular basis for years now. So there's been a strong connection between those two brands from a content perspective for, for a while. And I know that, you know, everybody knows each other. So this is a fairly small industry. So you basically now have two entities, iHeart, yeah. which owns inside. What is that? What's, what is, is it? Podcast insider. Is that, I can't remember. Uh, no, no, no. It's what is it, it called? Um, it's well, it's, it, it's multiple properties. It's yeah, yeah. Inside radio yeah, and inside, inside radio. podcasting. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's kind of two separate things, but they're kind of one and the same. Yeah. So they, they're, they're one piece of the pie. And then you got James and company with pod news and, podcast business journal mm-hmm. with the other piece. So, yep. you know, I, it, it's an interesting move whenever there's consolidation like this. Um, you know, I just, you just wonder if it's, if it's how it's going to shape out for the space, um, over, over the and long term. I do wonder, you know, is this kind of the beginning of more of similar type of things like this as the industry kind of consolidates a little bit more, you know, economic pullbacks. And we've seen this before, you know, many years ago in the 2008, 2009 timeframe, we saw some companies go away and we saw some consolidate. We saw adjustments and, you know, who knows in a couple of years, this industry may look quite different than it does now. You know, so. I, I look at, um, I have a friend, James Annie McCaskey. He doesn't do podcasting anymore, but he started off originally doing slash dot review. Right. And then he, and he was very successful with that show in the very early mm-hmm. days of podcasting. He probably made more money in the early days of podcasting than anyone else in the space. He was, he was doing very, very, very well with that show, mm-hmm. but it was a daily show, highly daily produced show. and he just burned out, but he had a big, he lives in Elkhart, Indiana and he has a big, I mean, huge, uh, and I am sure, and I haven't heard from Andy in a couple of years. So Andy, if you're still out there, say hi, but he had a huge interest in the RV industry. So, and being in Elkhart is where a huge percentage of RVs are made in the United States. So he was in RV central. So he basically started an RV channel and what he ran up against in advertising was that every RV magazine was owned by one company. There was like 13 RV magazines all. And there was a, this, this funnel and it was, unbreachable as far as being able to break in and get news and information and mm-hmm. because they controlled the, the locked gates yeah. of news in the RV industry. And it's still the same. Now there's independent podcasts or independent YouTube channels out there that do stuff. But as far as the magazine business, which really, I don't know if the magazine business is even viable anymore. Um, they were for sure like this, you know, you, you want to buy into our platform, you got to buy into them all. And kind of did this right. and it was just one of those things he just and it, his business failed uh largely because he was not able to overcome that juggernaut of news control and news and relationships and everything else i'm not saying that's going to happen here we're in a little different situation we're talking about mm-hmm. two properties not 
13. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it before. I don't think it's ne- not necessarily not public, but podcasternews.com. Um, I basically support that, the blog posts that go on over there. And I have no edit, basically the editorial team just writes. I don't, I have no, I basically don't say what they write about, what they don't, don't disapprove, approve. So it is truly from an independent standpoint, it is from a writer standpoint, completely independent. But again, you know, so there is disclosure there. I do write that check, you know, to pay those writers every month. Um, oftentimes I don't even go over and read what's being posted over there. So, and I think if someone went through the website and looked at it, it's pretty fair and it's different format. It's, it's blog posts. It's, uh, you know, summaries and thoughts. And, um, so I think that from that perspective, it's, it's a completely different type of site. So it's not like it's one of those, it's not even really designed to to be a, a to be competing what it really is was designed for was to be an archive of information um of stuff that you know that the writers felt were significant that they could i basically go back and look at it 10 years from now and say okay yeah this is what happened then and not mm-hmm. not necessarily in this short summary like the news his newsletter comes out with each day with you know 10 15 items which is a lot of work. You know, that's a lot of work to put a newsletter together daily. Uh, yeah, and James Cudlin's been doing that for a few years now. So it's you know his launch his launched that in twenty seventeen. So yeah, his life revolves around that thing. Uh, you know, basically he's oh, yeah. he's got to put stuff out every day. So it'll be interesting to see where TBJ goes. Um. Yeah. Well, it definitely gives, like I mentioned earlier, it definitely gives James kind of like a, like a business property that he can focus on the business of podcasting. And maybe, you know, as it's turned out, you know, Sounds Profitable started in a partnership with James. Um, maybe, maybe Sounds Profitable now has a competitor. Well, <laughs> you know, journal. I don't want to talk out of turn, but <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Because, uh, yeah, well, maybe, maybe that, maybe sounds profitable does I mean, now have a competitor potential. Yeah. I would say that's, that's my takeaway from this. And that's, that's no criticism of anybody. It's, it's just the right. hard facts. I mean, the business side of podcasting, you know, what we've seen with sounds profitable is definitely, you know, hit a market and is accelerating and people are jumping on board and getting involved and. And I think James uh, would love to tap into that market more than he currently is. So, you know, I, again, you know, with the disclosure of what I do pay for, I really don't have a dog Mm -hmm. in a fight on this, you know, and again, it's a different format, but it did make me sit back and think a little bit, okay, is there an opportunity here to have a, have another voice in the space? And I I don't want to be that voice. I don't have the time. You know, I, I have, I'm, I'm already busy enough running a company and doing, you know, three, po- uh, three to four podcasts a week. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the voice, my, my voice is here on this show. Um, and that's the big enough, the big enough megaphone that I, you know, that, you know, we reach 16 to 17,000 podcasters every week. So figure that's, that's a major enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if we get that up to 20 or 30,000, that would be awesome too. But again, the show's not for everybody. 
Oh, there we go. Uh, 2022 sats. I will send my snail mail address in an email. I look forward to stickers, Martin. Yes, yes, yes. I am. I have not sent stickers. I am very, very bad host. Yeah, Mark, uh, send them over to Todd at Blueberry.com with a big, hey, you owe me stickers, butthead. Yeah, just do that, okay, <laughs> Martin? <laughs> I would add them too. I got Adam stickers too. I'm horrible. I, I need an assistant, Rob. Yeah, you do. I should ship you some stickers since you got all the free time and let let you ship stickers. <laughs> I do have some stickers actually in my bag. So yeah, yeah I do already. Yeah. We need to put a little better package together. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that that many people uh, know a little bit of the history of the podcast business journal, but it, it was a, uh, you know, that organization came out of a radio publication right. um, that's been around for a long time. And I know James has had a lot of connection to the radio industry. You know, he, he considers himself to be a radio futurologist. He kind of built his consulting career on that um, kind of name for himself. And, and so having this connection with a, you know, a former kind of, kind of radio publication is, is an interesting spinoff of this, right? Um, and it just looks like maybe they're, you know, with the economy the way it is. And, and it was time to, you know, either focus back in on radio and, and move on from podcasting because James had probably taken a lot of their market away from them. Well, you know, uh, to be honest with you, it sounds um, profitable too. I, I wrote some articles in the early days of PBJ. Yeah. I haven't well, in many uh, years. Both of us are actually listed on the homepage of the website as editorial contributors to podcast business. I, I haven't wrote. Yeah. I didn't even know it still listed that, but I haven't written anything to the web, to that website in a while. Now I did in the beginning. Yeah. I, um, think, uh, I think the last time I wrote an article over there, Todd, you're, you're listed. Actually, it still lists me as working for, for Lipson. I think, oh no, it's been changed. James got in there and changed my, uh, my, my listing in there. <laughs> so you know and maybe you know maybe there's an opportunity over there to submit something to james again but you know, i you know i just we we had done and i just full disclosure i we spent some money on pbj in the early early days and you know a couple of years ago we ran some advertising campaigns on pbj mm -hmm. they were very expensive they yeah. were i mean like thousands Pew! of dollars expensive and uh, they really, be honest with you, it was probably some of the worst money I ever spent because we just did not get, we didn't get a bump. And you're not even, not, not even traffic back to, you know, you would expect if you're sending this out to X thousand, tens of thousands of subscribers that you're going to get a certain percentage of click through rates. And it was, it was bad. It was bad. And, uh, so, so Todd, both, both of us are, are listed as, as, uh, was it editorial boards? So we're currently on the editorial board of the podcast business journal. Just, okay. Uh, we're still on there and it, it does link to articles that we both published over there. I, the last one I did over there was, uh, it looks like December 24th, 2018. Was the last so article. where do you, when I, where do you, where does it, where, where do you click to get, to see what you wrote? 
Uh, if you go up in the upper navigation bar, at the yeah. top where it says features, yeah. um, oh. click on that and it drops down to and then go to board. So right. the last time for me was October 24th, 2018. Yeah. Actually December 6th, 2018. And I only submitted two over the, over that time. Now I know. Now I do have it in my, my to-do list, James, if you're listening to this, I do have it in my to-do <laughs> list to actually write an article for for you because i've done that in the past for james too where i've written articles for him to publish in the, on on his pod news side so right maybe maybe it's time for us todd to put together a couple of articles for james here and, you know ed was not super aggressive either in asking for content so that was a little bit off and on i mean occasionally he would re- reach out for quotes yeah. Um, on a, on a particular breaking news thing and yep. I would send him a paragraph or two or something. And so I'm kind of looking through here, Tracy, which who's, I know very well. She was, uh, last one was 22. Mark Asquith was 19. Dan Franks was 18. Let's see who one, else. Elsie. person that's missing that was on the list. Is Rob Walsh. Yeah, I don't see Rob's name on here anymore. Uh, Dave Jackson, 21. So really, most of the people have not published anything to this in a couple of years, at least that's linked in the top. So mm-hmm. uh, Tracy's the one that has the most number of articles over there, at least that are linked. And I thought I saw some other stuff come in from her before. Um, so... Oh, there's some yeah. other writers too. There's Richard Davies. Okay. I see down here. <clears throat> and we didn't get paid for this. This was stuff that we just submitted. Yeah. Yeah. It's never been a paid relationship no, no. Or, or any kind of a formal, like, you know, advisory editorial board or no. anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. If James wants that, I, you know, yeah, maybe Just some depends. of and again, I don't know if all this was completely linked up because I swear I saw stuff in the newsletter from Tracy in recent times. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the latest one in here says April 1st, 2022. Um, and okay, so we've got, uh, oh, another uh, boost from, uh, from Martin. He says, Todd, I'll do that. I like podcast business journal, James Best Premises. And then Mike Dell says, I was listed at one time, wrote one article. He sent 1,701 sets. So, so there's been some folks that have had some, some interactions over there. So, you know, we'll see how the focus changes, you know. And I think the plan was, was it not a weekly before? Or was it, it wasn't daily, wasn't it? Wasn't PBJ daily? Was, I think he was breaking. Yeah, I think it did have a newsletter, right. Yeah. Um, but he mainly just posted in there almost like a real time breaking news type of a site. Right. But I don't think that I ever subscribed to his newsletter per se, but maybe I should do that now. Yeah. Dave Jones sends 5,150 sets. He says, Ed is a really kind person. He really helped that Florida community through a very hard time after the hurricane. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So I kind of wonder and, James hasn't provided clarity on this yet on wh- whether or not this newsletter that you sign up for 
off of the podcast business journal is going to be an additional newsletter to what he's doing with pod news. Oh, um, or if it's going to be combined. I don't know. I, I don't, don't think know. so. I think it'd have to be, I don't know. I think it would have to be a different newsletter. Yeah, I would it? think so. Maybe, it, maybe it won't be, maybe it'd be a combined, maybe. Well, I have never, I've not seen any pod news come through PBJ's list. So yeah, he didn't combine yeah, the either. list. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can, yeah, probably, probably would not be advisable to do that. What you'd want to do is send out a PBJ newsletter and say, it's Hey, focused on the business of yeah, and say, okay, by the way, you can sign stuff. up for pod news and then pod news promotes, you know, so it's a, you know, back and forth type of thing. So anyway, don't eat me, James Cridland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I'd like to congratulate, um, James. I mean, it's, and I think he's trying to build something that's very impactful. There's no question about it. Yeah. So, you know, whether or not there's too much power in one place or another, I think is open for, I don't think for, there's too much power I, for, I, for debate on that. It'd be great if we had more, more diverse voices, but I do think that we have multiple newsletters in the podcasting space right now. So it isn't like he, you know, James is the only one, you know? Yeah. But um, there's other things going on in the world. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, but it was just, it was one of those things that, that came through today, this week, and I just thought it was interesting. And uh... Todd, do you think that we're seeing, and I've been thinking about this this past week, um, the pathway for new content creators. I, I know everybody's getting all spun up about what's happening with video and podcasting, right? You know, YouTube is redirecting their big spotlight over to saying, you know, let's create a section in YouTube for podcasts, right? Okay, but they did it, but I don't think they're really promoting it. It's not that impactful, right? No. Um, but it's, but it is giving people kind of like a, a second thought, right? <clears throat> Around video. And I think, as I talk to new creators and I talk to networks and stuff, and I do sense, and maybe you are as well, kind of a renewed interest or a renewed focus or a renewed energy around video. Well, what, what I hear is, do I have to do this? Yeah, I hear that too. You sure. know, do it's I like, have to do, do I have this? to start with video and audio? Well, can I just even regular content creation, do I have to do this? You know, and my answer is no, you right, don't. And I also hear it's like, well, should I just start out with video and then do the uh, audio I don't, later? I'm not hearing that at all. Well, you probably wouldn't because the people you're talking to are talking to you about podcasting, but I'm trying to speak with other people from other sectors that are you know something? thinking more about streaming. Here's, here's the thing. Knock yourself out. You want to do I, go live, live, knock yourself out. Good luck. Well, it's not. It's not entirely about live. It's it, it's just pr producing video content, no, I, right? right? You know what? Go ahead. Here's my thing about that. If you think it's hard to break out in podcasting, if you think it's hard, it is a hundred times harder in video. Why is it harder, Todd? Okay, let's let's do a little Google here. Okay. How, and we've done this before. How many? It's a great question for chat GPT. How many new, how is, no, I'm doing. Pod, how, how is video harder than podcast? There are 3.7 <laughs> million 
new videos uploaded to YouTube every day. Yeah. 271,330 hours of content. New videos, but how many series? Okay. Or how many shows? Oh, most of those uh, YouTubers are series. There is. No, no, but those are episodes, right? So really what you're talking about is comparing channels to podcast shows, right? Well, you know, there's still 3.7 million videos uploaded every day to channels. Two channels, right. That are typically very focused. They aren't just, you know, they're not like they're tic- they're not like TikTok. But, you know, let's let's compare this. Let's compare this to what we're seeing. And I'm gonna go over here and pull up the, the stats. Here's the stats. In the last thirty days, there has been in the podcasting space two million 274, 376,000 episodes in the last 30 days. Compared to, what did I just say? 33.7 million a day. So the entire of new, new episodes of, right. of new right. videos, of new videos right. have been uploaded to YouTube. And so podcasting is not even in one month creating the number of new episodes as compared to YouTube, it's, it's not, it's like 35 to one. If, if we multiply this out, let's, you know, it's maybe more than that. It's like 40, 45 to one for every new podcast episode. There are 45 comparable, not comparable, but videos that are put out that are specifically focused on video that have been focused on video from the beginning who are doing all the tricks and tr- stuff to be a YouTube personality. Right. How many, how many channels are you uh, subscribed to on uh, YouTube, Rob? Maybe 15, maybe. Okay. I'm subscribed to more, but not all of them come out on a regular basis. But again, right. I, that's, that's very true. I, I, I don't list. I'm in my car. I'm in the office. I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing when there's no TV in front of me, I'm consuming podcasts. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the beauty. Here's the beautiful thing. We're doing live right now. We've been on YouTube forever. I encourage all of those creators that have the itch to be YouTubers. Go do it. See ya. Because guess what? I don't have to fight them for competition for listening ears. They're, they're one less episode that's being published in the podcasting space, the true podcasting space that I have to compete with. Go, go, go. But, but they're, but they're still considered to be a podcast. No, though, they're right? not. If they're only YouTube only, they're not stop. It's they um, are a show on YouTube. So this, this whole topic was kind of sparked by this, the flow of articles that have been coming out of Ashley Carmen. I don't know if you've been following her. I have her not. Bloomberg articles, but she put out a new one here on April 6th saying as podcasters pivot to video, so that's the headline mm-hmm. as podcasters pivot to video independents don't buy the hype. Oh, absolutely. 
So, so you can see, you know, kind of the genesis of the topic that I'm talking about yeah. here right now is like YouTube is increasingly courting podcasters Great. and building out its offering, which still isn't built yet. Um, but independent production studios say they are not interested. Well, good for them. Smart. But it is an intriguing question, you know, podcast, you know, the, the lead on this is as podcasters pivot to video, they're not pivoting. Don't buy the hype. They're not pivoting. So it's, it's, it's assuming that the hype is saying you should pivot to video. Well, there's people that are using headliner. That seems to be the tool. They're putting their video podcast up on with it, with some graphic more more power to you but it doesn't say as podcasters pivot to video podcasting it says as they pivot to video now that can include tiktok videos that can include reels stories here's the here's the simple here's the simple fact people that are doing podcasts are creative i'm not going to call them creators they're creative and some of them are going to want to play around with these different, I play around with these different models. I play around with it, but I know for my show, the show that has this sponsor, GoDaddy. Oh, that, is that your sponsor, GoDaddy, Todd? The, for my tech show. For, for your te- oh, but it's not a sponsor on this show, is no, it? No, it's not. But, but it could be. Yeah, it could be. It could, we could add. We could add them tomorrow. We could. We could. And is there a reason why we don't? Because I'm contracted under Geek News Central. Oh. Okay. Okay. But here's That's the deal. My bread is buttered. Yeah. Not only by my sponsor, but by my listeners, the folks that are sending Sats, people that right. are sending me a, a monthly PayPal donation. Yeah. If I swap to YouTube. I would not be able to pay rent. I would not be able to pay rent and the insurance and the light bill and everything it takes to run this whole thing. You know what my, you know what my, my overhead is to, to do this, to, to do it right and not do it in my, in a, like a space in my loft. It's not, it's not cheap. Well, you have your whole, it's a multi-room studio. Right, right. But this, I primarily use this. I don't use the other rooms too much. But it's, it's, it is, but it's a whole, you know, most. But, but, I mean, you have to be honest, Todd. Many years ago, I think you had this vision that you were going to do a lot of video in each of these separate studios, right? Right, right. Because they have three separate rooms. I do product demos. When I get product reviews, I do use the product demo room still. The green screen mm-hmm. room has been the room that I haven't used hardly at all. Right. And then you also have the ability to do shows out at your desk, out at the front door. Right. 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 Well, I can do, I can do the show from any of these three bays. I could do this show from the, right. from the standup too. So, you know, that's not an issue. It's just, uh, you know, yeah. I'm comfortable sitting right here. <laughs> and I, and you know, in all honesty though, the, the video, again, my goal for video was one thing.
there was really one reason I did video. When I was in Hawaii, I was bored. I was bored at eight o'clock at night and I wanted at least someone in the chat room to say, hey, you're being dumb or whatever it may be. If you're watching right. on Facebook, make sure you check in, say hello, tell us how dumb we're being today. You know, so Mike says a thousand sets. Most of us that do audio have faces for radio, not TV or video. I like audio. Don't really want to do video. So again, so, But do we think that over a period of time, if YouTube does get their act together, no, that we could see a renewed benefit from doing both? No. Nope, I don't. Because, well, for doing both? Yeah, both. Uh, if you can build a substantial audience in either, that's the only benefit because what is... What is, you know, why are you going to spend this extra time to do video and the editing and everything that goes along with doing a YouTube channel and get some pennies for it and the time to do produce video production on, you know, it, my production on audio, if I could do my just audio only, I would be done. I would literally be done with uh, post editing on this show within 10 minutes of its completion. Mm -hmm. The video adds a whole nother 45 minutes to the processing. So you multiply that over four or five times a week. That's for five additional hours that I spend just getting the video up online. Mm -hmm. Whereas the audio, you know, I hit record, I get done, I cut both ends, mm -hmm. I upload it to Blueberry, it goes to Aphonic, it, get it gets Media Mastered, and I hit publish. I'm done in seven minutes. Literally. Literally, from the time on, I take longer to write my show notes than it does to have the video ready to go. Yeah. So the the what does I have to do with the video? Get the video, crop it. Then I have to extract the audio. I have to process the audio, put the audio back into the video. I have to export, then export the video. Wait ten fifteen minutes for the audio to be exported. Then I spend another ten minutes waiting for it to upload because it's big. It's a gig, you know, and even at 20 megs up here, it still takes 10 minutes to update. So it's just more time. Mm -hmm. And what is what have we gotten for it? Well, I think we had like 180 views on one of our videos over on YouTube. We don't get many views on YouTube. We get some live people well, that come in here on Facebook and say hello and you know, throw us some throw us some cheese, you know, uh, but. I do see a lot of shows over on YouTube that are getting, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 views. Big shows, not independent podcasts. I know, but what high end see, production? What I'm always lo lo looking at is, well, what's the difference between a show that's done like we're doing here that gets 30,000 views on YouTube and a show that's done just like this in audio? That, people have that, more time to listen. It gets 30,000 views. People have a or lot that, more. Why? Or, what, what is it? I can monetize 100% of the podcast no, views. But what is it about those shows, right, that works on YouTube? YouTube and works in podcasts. Personality, that, personality, entertainment, okay. engaging. It's different. You're not, you're having a one to, you, you're not having a one to one conversation in, 
on YouTube. Yeah. But I watch shows that do that's like one guy is like you with your geek news central shows mm-hmm. talking to the, you know, is it just the, the topics that they're talking about? I, or, you, or you know what? You figure that out. You, you figure that out. You can be the next uh, multi, uh, you know, hundred million people subscribed to YouTube channel. Well, that's, that's what I'm trying to un- um, understand here. I know that this article, I was reading through this article that Carmen wrote, um, and, and she talks to like three or four you know, audio networks, right? Podcast audio networks of sorts. And so why, so why don't they want to do it? Um, just, I guess it's kind of a focus thing for, for them. It's, uh, they, you know, it's, I mean, I can read a quote from one of them. It's, it, it, it feels like it says the exact quote here is, I think brands and publishers get infatuated with new formats all the time. Uh, uh, Sharia, Atkins co-founder of Wondery Media said via email, and th- this isn't quite another clubhouse moment, but it is a moment in which everyone feels that they must have video embedded in their podcasting campaigns. Video can oh, you, both be a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said a content stream. You said something campaigns, advertising campaign. Correct podcasting campaigns i'm yeah. not sure if she's she, she was meaning advertising campaigns. well what is a podcasting campaign i i've never heard of such a thing well um it says everyone feels they must have video embedded in their podcasting campaigns okay so so i i'm not exactly precisely sure what she means by that either but um it says video can both be a marketing tool and an additional content stream. But I think video for the sake of checking the video box is futile. Oh yeah. Because you know why it's futile? 3.7 million new videos being uploaded to YouTube every day. 271,330 hours of content. And an average of 4.4 minutes long. How about that? So, yes. So the same person from uh, Wonder Media said um, uh, her team considered hiring a full-time video staffer, but decided against it. They primarily view video as a marketing opportunity rather than a destination for a listener. So I put a short up on my YouTube channel. It was a little short from this show never done shorts before and um, let me go over and look at the uh, account on that short that short had a little bit of clickbait mm-hmm. it said uh, can the podcast academy move beyond just the awards I got 88 views on that whereas I had a shell portable power station review that I did in my did in my little review room that was 4 minutes and 13 seconds that got 128 views. Some of my shorter videos, four to nine minutes, do much, much better than this show. If we go back and look at this show from last week, uh, this show last week did, uh, let's see here, 45 views. Oh, 
my episode where I really did some uh, clickbait, Tesla employees sharing videos captured on customer cars, that got 230. So again, clickbait titles and great graphic art and that type of stuff helps drive views on YouTube. But did that gain me any new listeners to the audio podcast? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. It's hard to make a direct correlation there, right? Anybody, anybody that's listening to this show right now, did you find this show because of YouTube or videos? And if you did, we'd love, we'd just love to hear your commentary. Send us an email. You can send it to uh, Todd at Blueberry.com and I'll read it on the next show. But again, I think. Yeah, so some of the other um, networks that um, Ashley talked to made a comment around um, bringing on additional team members that have video expertise um, was an expense and a cost that they weren't willing to bear at this time in the economy. Video is expensive. Yeah. So, you know, you have to weigh it with the, you know, what's bringing in the revenue today is primarily probably audio uh, and to venture out into video is a risky investment. At this point, to do video, I mean, to do audio, you need a nary a mic, less than a hundred dollar investment. And you can sit down and you can spread the word. And for a little bit more from zero to about $20 mm-hmm. a month, you can be podcasting and have global distribution on every platform, including YouTube, if you so choose, with audio only. Um, some hardly no expense video that's that changes the game you need some sort of good camera you need good lighting uh you have a whole different recording flow there's just yeah, but what if you have all that already well then make videos and you can do it right? yeah sure why not it's like us todd we're we have our own studios yep. we have our all the equipment that we need to do it uh, it's just a matter of coming up with a format. I had someone in here the other day and they basically were walking through and I, you know, it's kind of showing the studio off a little bit. And I said, just kind of disregard this pile of stuff. If I said, I built this thing 10 years ago. I said, had I just getting started, I said, the cost would be much lower. I wouldn't have to have, you know, I'd use me using OBS and I'd be, you know, have one, maybe one powerful PC and that's it. And a couple of cameras and, you know, half this stuff wouldn't exist. I wouldn't need it. I have it, so I use it. When it goes, when it burns up, then I'll, I'll downsize. But I, I think that, uh, again, a different motivation for doing video for me. It's never been, been about building a successful YouTube channel, ever. No. It's just like the value for value. You know, what, what? We've gotten, I've gotten more excitement today in the four boosts that we've got and the engagement from the folks that are listening to the show. That to me, if we'd have had boost back when I was thinking about starting video in the early days, I'd have never, I'd have never done video because this would have, this would have fed my inner, my inner yeah, desire. Doing, doing video for what? More than 10 when years. When did you start doing video? I had the date at one time. It was around episode 650 or so. Okay. So, so was that in that time frame, Todd, when 
when video podcasting was kind of all the rage? Well, what was happening is you had uh, some of those characters that were on Ustream. Uh, Justine. Oh, right, right. I, Justine, and a few others. Yeah, she's still around. So there was, in you know, not Callie, but Loria was starting. You know, there was two or three Mm -hmm. that were starting doing video right around the same time. So, and I was fortunate. I had a great sponsor who was, you know, allowing my bank account to be used to buy cool stuff that I wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise. You know, when I went out and bought that first TriCaster, that was 7,500 bucks. Had it for two or three years. I traded it in and spent another 25 grand to upgrade. And then a number of years later, spent another 25 grand to upgrade. So, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't cheap to do video in those early days. Not to mention the cameras, you know, 1700, 1700, 1700, you know, lights, a hundred bucks, 250, 250, a hundred, 250, you know, it's just, it goes on and on, mm-hmm. you know, so, but now you got people that are doing TikToks with a, a cell phone in the middle of the street, getting hit by cars and, you know, they're going viral and doing 5 million views. with nary a cell phone so you know it depends on your goal if your goal is to go viral then go on tiktok and go get run over by a car or something (laughs) you get lots of views yeah you'll get lots of views the insurance might not do well but you know or your your body body might might, uh, be in the hospital right but in the end storytellers happen all over the place there are some YouTube channels I love to follow because I love the personalities. But just like, yeah, any, I think, but yeah. here, here's the thing I watch. I've been watching a lot of YouTube since COVID started. Some of those channels that I started watching it being COVID, I am now unsubscribed from because I'm bored with them. And it happens the same way in podcasting. People get bored with you and they leave. Or which I've seen this happen too. A, a show will kind of move in a different direction mm-hmm. around its content yep. and it becomes less interesting as I've, I've noticed this with a couple of, of YouTube channels that are pretty popular uh, is that, that over time, the content channel will evolve in its content and how it's presented or how it's produced or whatever. And it, it, it just kind of loses the magic to some degree on occasion. So it's, it's an interesting evolution. So sometimes, you know, the content will evolve in a, those, those big way that helps it grow and it, or it'll evolve in a way that, you know, those big, those big YouTube channels have big teams. It looks like some of them don't, uh, I I think some of the bigger ones have really big teams. You think they don't have a team. No, no, I, I know quite a few of them uh, and some of them are, it just depends on the skills and the abilities of the person running the channel. But, um, but I've seen very big channels that are operated by one, one person. And I've seen other ones that are run by, you know, that have probably six people involved. So, and you know, both of them are successful channels. Right. And you know, they, they're doing the type of views they can afford the staff and everything goes just like big podcasts. They've got big staff, big budgets. Yeah. Well, maybe not just, so, so much anymore. It's just very unusual. And I, 
and I have to really think back on it. And it's sometimes hard to find shows that are very successful as audio podcasts and very successful, very hard channels on, on YouTube at the same time. It's very hard. And it's more and, prevalent now than it was, but it's very hard. It's still small numbers. Yeah. And I, it's just been one of those challenges that, that I have to figure out, well, what is that nexus that makes that work? Um, you know, and, and I'm, I have yet to figure that out because most of the ones out there are either successful on one side or the other. It's, but why does this it's show, like this show does well on the audio side and it does, it's, it does, a, it's, I think, you know, the last time I checked, maybe 80, 20%. 20%. Yeah, right. you know, and the and the tech show they do is like seventy thirty, so. Mm -hmm. So, so what you're saying is that, uh, your your tech show does ten percent better on the video side, yeah, than this show does. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. I'm switching. Be probably doing more flashing on screens on articles, and I don't know. I don't know why people are watching. Maybe they're just yeah. putting it up and, and it's on and it's just, you know, who knows? I don't know. It just could be the, the broader topics that you cover on that show may appeal to maybe, I don't know, more people over there. But right? I don't have a circus going on here in the studio. So there's not a lot to look at, you know? Well, I have stuff running around behind. Yeah. Me. You got lights and stuff going on, but it's not a circus, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not doing jumping jacks and. But, you know, I think a, that's why shows, shows that are sports shows and that type of stuff, that's why they do well on YouTube because, you know, they got highlight reels to play and, and, uh, yeah, there's overlays uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and all that I mean, kind of stuff, you know, I mean, which is probably stuff that we could do a better job out here. Um, but, but again, yeah. putting up a lower third, you know, we can, we can flip in a screen like that. I can, you know. <laughs> it's eye candy, Todd. It's eye candy. I know when I watch our show on 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 YouTube, it's 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 very similar to many of the other shows that I I watch that are very popular on on YouTube. And I'm not. I think it really probably more more to do with how many people are interested in podcast tracking the topics that we talk yeah, about. That's here. probably true. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the largest industry newsletter in the podcasting space is James Cridlin pod news. And it's got like 27,000 yeah, 26 or 27,000, not very big. Right. So, so that tells you kind of how big the attention economy is yep. for this. Yeah. And being big. where, you know, and you know, so our numbers are doing okay compared to, I guess I mean, if we're in that attention economy. Right. I mean, the, the last numbers that I've heard from you is that we're kind of up in that, that five digit range. Right. Also. So, so. so I guess, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, what you want to do. And I, I the think the topic is, and what's the interest. And I think people tapping into a zeitgeist. And, and I, again, I think people have to, this is a beauty. There's no rules on podcasting. Knock yourself out. And spend a lot of money and go on YouTube and do all those things and be successful and build a big channel and then get pennies on the dollar from YouTube and get deplatformed and be careful for every word you say and you know, hope you don't get demonetized. Well, that that is the risk over there. You're right. That's why we're seeing Rumble 
pick up an interest too. You know, having shows that you will keep, start ta- you on keep talking about then, this rumble. I have never been on rumble. You have never been on rumble. Yeah. Never been on rumble. I'm almost afraid to go over here because it, it almost sounds like I'm going to an adult website, but I'm not, I'm, I'm it's not, it's not. <laughs> so, it's uh, just another, another platform that doesn't, uh, doesn't censor content. Doesn't, uh, doesn't moderate content. Well, Alex Jones is right there front and center, so they definitely don't moderate. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have a lot of the same type of functionality that YouTube has. Oh, they have a podcast section too, right here. They yeah. have a podcast area. Yeah. So and there's there's a lot of and, uh, and a lot of live. live. There's lives. I guess we'll have to right. create a Rumble account and and then go live over there too. Right. And maybe we'll find a find a new audience over there. Maybe we can drop our, our, our YouTube stream and we can talk about controversial subjects. Oh, well, I don't think we ever talk about controversial subjects because I, you don't have to worry about, you can say whatever you want. Controversial Rob, because guess what? You can't get fired. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's probably mostly true. You, 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 you can, you can be the, be the hammer right now. I can be the hammer. Okay. I know that, that. That totally fits my personality. You're right. The hammer. It, it right. does. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because on the podcasting 2.0 podcast, they had the team from Buzzsprout on and, uh, we're interviewing Adam and Dave were interviewing them. And, uh, um, they were like, who needs, who's going to be the, the, the spokesperson, who's going to be the, the, you know, the, the, the guy that's going to put the hammer on people when they're, when they're not certified and tell them they can't be. And, my name came up and I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Oh, is it? Oh, it's this way. <laughs> hold up, hold Point up. Point to the guy. Hold up, Point hold up, hold up now, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, uh, we don't even have a formal agreement on what any board of leadership is going to look like or, you know none of that's been created so hey, hold up now <laughs> right. uh, i think we can do a collective speak <laughs> you know collective. you know the the uh, the podcast standards uh team or committee or or uh but it's true that at some point there will have to be one one hammer person but so have uh, you added the uh the new kind of icon to your to your website yet yes huh? i have i've added it uh, it's not on the home page the Buzzsprout folks did that too yeah they, the, they put it on the home page we didn't put it on the home page we we uh but we put it on our about page there we go it's the podcast standards uh group kind of icon yeah. logo. yep so yeah we put it on our about page so right besides our ib uh which actually that logo, I got to get changed out. I'm supposed to not be using that logo. So, um, yeah, so we put it on the, on the about page. I mean, maybe that's being chicken, but the problem is, is I have to, the homepage, you know, homepage is pretty, you, you, you don't want too much distraction on the homepage. Right. So, so, uh, Rumble's an alternative to YouTube. I have some thoughts about the service, but I'm testing it out as a backup. Todd is the hammer. 
<laughs> Martin said that over 1,700 at Liberty. Liberty booth, 1,776 wow. stats. Well, some shows are, are doing like, let's say half of their show live on YouTube and live on rumble. And then they'll, they'll cut out, they stray into topics that they think that they're going to get cut off or censored on YouTube. Then they'll stop the stream. Oh, that's interesting. Continue on rumble. Yeah. Say, okay, we're leaving because we can't talk about what we want to talk about here. And we're going to go over because they'll demonetize our channel and they'll, so what They'll what kind of topics are they moving to on Rumble? Are they talking about uh, Rona and those types of conversations? Are they talking about well, you know, what? the ones that are typically censored, right? If you're, you know, I I don't necessarily want to say what the topics are, but they're, right, they're basically ones that are controversial or ones that you know could be considered to be you know a form of hate speech. Oh. Or, well, today you can look at you stuff. today you can look cross-eyed at somebody and be accused of doing hate speech. So Right. I think the bar has is pretty darn low for hate speech, right? And which I I'm pretty opposed to because I think all of us need to grow a, a pair a did, little bit. Did, did you listen and have a little thick skin? Did you listen to the commentary between Elon and BBC? A BBC I did. I did hear that. Yeah, you did. So yeah. there, therein is the classic example of. Again, you look sideways at someone, and they're going to they're going to think that you're you're hating. Well, and that's them. also, you know, it just raises questions of credibility, is what it does in my view, um, and trust, um, because a person that can't stand behind their views with legitimate reasons need to be questioned. You know, and that's it, exactly what Elon did. It was say, you know, you're making claims against somebody saying that something is hate speech, right. but you can't give any examples right. of that actually in the real world actually happening, but yet yeah. you're accusing someone of right. something. Right. Now, if I don't like you and I don't like your business or I don't like what you're doing, I, I've been pretty, I, I, I'm not afraid to say I don't like somebody. Right. And I think if you look at even, even the terms of service from your platform or any number of the podcast hosting platforms, there, there is a clause in many of those uh, terms of service that talk about hate speech. And it is very specific, very it's specific, very focused yep. and how people are using hate speech now as a weapon against others is not specific and it's very opinion focused. That's right. Uh, it's not based on facts. It's based on emotions. And that's where we're crossing over the line. You know, and it's oftentimes it's like in my brain, I ha- want to say something one way. And then I think, well, if I say it that way, then someone's going to take it the wrong way, even though I'm not meaning it that way. And, you know, that, you know, having to be very, very careful to not be over aggressive and be, you know, accused of mansplaining or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah, I don't situations. want to offend anybody any more than anybody no, else does. Not at all. But but, but, I, it, but you can't it, censor yourself from having a view on something that's important, and that's kind of what's happening here. Well, you, people are self. You have a view that's contrary to what I believe. Well, people are self censoring themselves out right. of preservation now, right? Because that's, because that's they know if they say what they really think, that they'll get yeah. canceled. Right, and that's. 
you know, some of that is probably okay. I mean, I think that there is a line you probably don't want to cross even in a normal environment. But sure. This certainly is not a normal environment. This is hypersensitivity. This is weaponizing of. And here's the, the next challenge is other people. Let's right. say, let's say we decide to take this channel and stream it on rumble just because we do, then we'll, be, will people say, well, you're on rumble because you know, you're, you're trying to say something you can't say on other platforms and then, and well, then, that in, or, or we'll get labeled as, well, you must be right on the right, you know, or you must be a conservative if you're streaming on rumble. Is rumble considered a conservative platform? Well, no, but I think anybody that's in favor of free speech now is considered to, well, you must be, you know, well, I hate to say this conservative, or you must be, um, you know, somebody that's, you know, like a terrorist on the right. Or well, I like hate that. to say this, Just but because you want free speech in the podcasting space, the far left views are getting canceled on platforms as often as people that are on the right. Well, it's not, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not just the right, far right. And the far left, the far left is getting canceled on some of these platforms, specifically one, you know, don't ever any, and for God's sakes, don't ever talk about Rona on Spotify as a topic. Do not talk about it on Spotify. You talk about that as a topic on Spotify. Right. And kiss your episode, or maybe even your whole show, go guy from being over there. Yeah, and increasingly, it's guilt by association too. I think if you're a guest that guests on a show that's considered to oh. be, you know, like an Alex Jones type show, right. now you're you're, you're going to get lumped right. in there. It has right. nothing to do with what you say; it's what people or if you you know. And, but in, on the other hand, nobody is going to be actually listening to what you say on that channel because they don't agree with that right. channel. On a, on the, on another note, people that have been on Rogan have seen huge success, huge bump in numbers of listeners to their show. So right. it goes two ways, you know. They can, right? Um, I think you're always taking a gamble now, you know. I, you know, I'm just going to be me, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and you know, as long as I'm not saying something that I, I'm just here. Here's what you got to do. You just got to have some common sense. You know, you don't want to, don't libel anyone. Right. You you don't want to accuse anyone. You know, you don't want to state a fact about someone unless you absolutely unequivocally for sure, a hundred percent know that is a fact and willing to defend that in court. But the problem is not both sides of any issue are willing to play by those rules. And, and you you better be learning to say, in my opinion, a lot, in my opinion, or I think, or this is my express view or my, you know, because. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, what happened to Elon was a perfect example of what I'm saying here is that there was no evidence right. of what this accusation that he was, that was being made against Twitter. There was no evidence. That's right. But yet that accusation was being made. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, if he was like questioned about it, was like trying to change the subject and want to talk about it. So, so if you're uh, going to argue about something, please uh, do a, a little research and have some facts before you come to the table. And, and guess right. I speculate on this show too, but it's, I often, I'll make sure I'm saying I'm speculating or I think, or maybe this is as where as I think something's can. going, you right. know, and I, I don't get it right all the time for right. sure. And these are good things for podcasters to think about 
when they're doing their own shows is that occasionally topics will come up that you have to think about, you know, do I want to talk about that? And how do I want to talk about that in a fair and equitable way? That's not going to upset people, but yet at the same time is going to be honest and truthful and not, you know, blow some smoke at somebody just because it's politically correct. Right. So there's moderation to be had here. <laughs> Boy, I miss, miss the days of where, uh, you know, the daily download, you know what that show was about, right? Yeah. You know, can you imagine a daily download being done today? Right. We're well, not talking yeah. about downloading software, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, I I did go to an event in New York that had a um, had a um, studios that were in like apartments, um, and I did see one of the studios had a microphone installed in the bathroom. Oh, really? And it had sound padding on the walls oh. and all that stuff. Was right. it so you could pull the microphone up while you were on the throne? Is that where it was? Yep, at? exactly. Oh. Well. You know, there Isn't you go. The, the, now the daily download can be rebirthed in a studio in New York. <laughs> I've I've got an actual picture of it. I could pull. Oh, it up are on you the serious? That's that's you. funny. I bet you no one has recorded a podcast in there. Uh, I think it was more of a set. Yeah, it was a joke. And yeah. Little did they know. Fire up the mic. Let's go. <laughs> it was actually an exhibition a real world exhibition of podcasts oh. at the on air fest uh event in, in in new york so this was like on the top floor of this apartment complex where all of the apartments were set up to physically portray a particular podcast right mm. in the real world right but so played played a little bit of the episode in the background and had props and stuff and and this particular one had at a microphone right next to the toilet. Oh. So it's like, you know, just like we were talking about, it's so, the perfect place to do the daily download. So what was your takeaway from that event then? What, what did you learn from the creators there? And you know, are they, what's, what's the, what's the. Well, I was impressed by the creative element of thinking about a podcast and representing it in the real world mm. with props and of physical uh, positioning of speakers and stuff. And so it was like that kind of sound experience, mm -hmm. right? Which is very much a part of that on air fest, which was more about um, highly produced content. Ones that are um, creating using spatial audio, using those kind of sound depth technologies. Right. So you start, to create an environment around your podcast, right? A feeling and emotion um, and using props to portray that. You mean, Rob, having yes. sound effects like this on the show is, is not spatial sound design? It's uh, <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> yes. Speak very softly. Yes, that's right. Um, if people spend a lot of money to do that kind of production and they have high, 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 um, budgets. No, they have high expectations of success. I was talking, That's true. I was talking with a client of ours, a business client and 
we were going through the statistics. Basically, they're they're trying to get a handle on you know what where their show's going and what it's doing. And we you know we had a good hour long conversation. It's a company that's been with us for a while and it's well known in the space. And you know just you know going through that whole thing. And they said and you know they basically were like, have we hit our plateau of where we can be for for listeners? And I said, you know, really, you have to determine, you know, if, and they've been fairly niche. I've said, if you're, if you're going to stay fairly, fairly niche, I said, you know, you need to think about how many people would come to a, a conference. The example I gave was how many people would come to a conference for this niche content, would come and spend three days and go to sessions and stuff like that. And, they, you know, that, that was kind of taken back as a, hmm, you know, because that's what I'm trying to make people understand is if, depending on the type of content you're doing, to have a successful show does not mean you have to have a hundred thousand listeners. No, you don't. If you're a small business, if you're reaching a thousand or two thousand of highly targeted listeners, I think that's a rousing success. And if mm-hmm. it's meeting the goals, and boy, I tell you, that messes people's heads up these days to ask, just, you know, Rob, start asking podcasters, what is the goal of your show? What's the goal? And oh, I think what I you're going to ask them that, I think that's what, actually one of the first questions I, I ask think, anybody. I wants think what you're going to find sometimes is they're, they don't know. Yeah. Most don't know. And sometimes I don't know what the goal is of this show. <laughs> uh, I think the goal of this show is very simple. We come in here and give our opinions on podcasting and talk to podcasters and hope that they appreciate our opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. And talk about topics that um, maybe don't get talked about enough or maybe hadn't been thought about by, by many in the industry, you know, like this topic around video, I was playing a little bit of a devil's advocate, but sure. You know, it's, it's a, it's definitely a hot topic right now. And I, you know, you and I both are a little bit of a contradiction in our own views on this um, because we, we do so much video. So, yeah, but, but also again, the reason we do, well, what are we? We're, we, we like the attention. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> We're podcasters. Come on. Well, of course. Hey, Felix, thanks for saying hello. I missed earlier. Martin, Mike, thanks for saying hello on Facebook. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it would be dishonest to say that if you're a podcaster, you don't like attention because then you're kind of doing the wrong thing then. So Harold on YouTube says, good afternoon, gentlemen. I listen to YouTube videos all day long and have for years. Note, I only listen to your show on YouTube. Great conversation. You should bring folks from Think Media onto your show to add their current YouTube video perspective as it's always changing. I don't know who Think Media is. Do you know who they are? Yeah, I think I've yeah, I think I've heard of them before. Right. So we had a boost that came in. Who was that? That was uh from Lysom. He says uh, another seventeen seventy six Liberty Boost. Robin Todd, I appreciate your opinions. Freedom expression, best premise, Martin. So uh Love that. So think, think media. Yeah. He said that we should talk to think media. Let's see what they're doing. Think media on YouTube. So it's a YouTube channel, obviously. 
Um, it's loading still, but yeah. So I, I just it goes back again. You know, the podcasting space. Every you know, there's there's a lot of people very angry about what YouTube has done. Right. I, I'm hearing significant hostility to what YouTube has done and trying. Dave Weiner's pissed off. First, Dave gets mad all the time. Uh, there are others in the space that are are upset. Um, for the hijacking, what uh, what uh, YouTube has done in in the studio around taking podcasts as a name, right? So you know, and and, and again, I I think we have to, and podcasters that are listening to this have to. We have to just continue to be advocates of understanding the value of open RSS and keep reminding content creators the reason why podcasting is unique in the, in, in the audio creation space or video creation space. And it is unique. There's no other medium like it that guarantees that you, as a content creator, creating whatever content you're creating can be syndicated everywhere. And no matter what happens in this world, as long as your RSS feed is online, you can still be listened to. No, no matter what, you cannot be prevented. You cannot be deplatformed. You cannot be taken off the air. There's no other right. place like this that exists today. You can have your right. Facebook channel canceled. You can have your YouTube channel canceled. You can be taken off Twitch, Twitter, everywhere. You can be removed. Not saying that this is going to happen. But it happens. Yeah, it does. Someone brings the hammer. Or someone steals your channel. That's a big thing now. People are stealing channels on YouTube. And, and that's people, why we were talking about the the move towards Rumble. It's, you know, YouTube is putting themselves in a position where they're losing more and more large shows to a platform like Rumble. So, again, if we just continue to remember, and these just these small talking points, doesn't hey, don't have, we don't have to be religious about it. Mm-hmm. But why have we why have we done the thing like the podcast standards group? Why did we do that? Because we all felt that there was enough noise out there with companies that were trying to move podcasting into their little barrel and their little wheelhouse. You look what Spotify done. They don't even, they were, they were criticizing us because there wasn't enough innovation. Not not only that, they are, they now you have to manually turn on RSS feeds on your Spotify creator account in order to get an RSS feed. Mm-hmm. It's optional. I would love to see. I'd love to see that number. I'd love to see that ratio of how many turned it on and how many haven't. Right. It's- I, I had a conversation. I'm not kidding you. The other day. Who, where did I have that? Oh, I had. Oh. Someone applied for the podcast awards. And they said. It's not letting me go past because I'm not entering an RSS feed. What what is that? And I said that is the 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 link that you've used to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and other places. And the person came back and said, "Well, I, I'm I'm not any of those places." 
I, I don't have what you're talking about. And I said, well, what platform are you on? And the conversation ended. They didn't reply. But here you have people trying. So I've been creating content for a year. I'm like, great. All you got to do is put your show name in there, put the information, put the feed for your show. So whether we know that you're technically a podcast and this, this individual was completely confused. So I tried to do a little education in my email of what an RSS feed was and what it does and why it's important, you know, and I, I wonder if he went off and was like, what kind of crazy stuff is this guy talking about? We don't need listeners to understand what an RSS feed is, but a podcaster, doggone better will. Yeah. Better understand how it's important. Or we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be over on YouTube begging for pennies and not getting any right. boost. I'm not getting some of this new cool. We won't be lit and live. We'll be live, but we won't be lit. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. so it looks like podcast guru app has uh, live episodes and boost support now. Yeah. I don't know if that's been put out yet. Yep. I heard that. And then pocket cast is adding stuff and there's more apps coming on lit. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, just, it's, it's slow troll. We're going to continue to move the, 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 the movement board. But every podcaster is listening to the show. If you're not using a new podcast app from podcastapp.com, shame on you. If you want to, if you're listening to this show and you want the space to move forward, get off your butts and, and try some of this stuff. Play around, experiment. And if your hosting provider is not providing you this information, ask them. How come I cannot participate in this new ecosystem? Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to participate in the new ecosystem, do not complain when YouTube and Spotify continue to try to infringe and lock content up. Right. We need, we need soldiers in the field. Pew! 2,200 is note to self. How is Substack's podcast feature working? Is it built on a real, real simple syndication feed? I don't know. I, I don't know, even know what Substack's doing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I have. Someone asked me the other day if they could use Substack and still have their RSS feed on their own website. And I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Someone that's, someone's hosting on Substack will have to answer that question. I, I don't know what they're doing. If there's no RSS feed with Substack, it's not a podcast offering. It's just hosting audio files. I, but I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Hey, Todd, have you heard of this um, new... I don't know if it's new. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what it is. It's an app. It's called um, Strava. You heard of this before? Strava? It's uh, Strava. S-T-R-A-V-A. Um, it looks like Spotify and them teamed up for a first place integration. Strava.com, S-T-A. How do you spell it again? S-T-R-A-V-A, -A, Strava. Dot com? Uh, yes. Oh, all right. I, oh, yes, I found it. 
some sort of exercise app. That's what it looks like. And they yeah. teamed up with uh, Spotify to play podcasts while people are running. Is that what they did? I guess so. Well, yeah. I, t- I tell you, that's where you know we, we talked about more than a year ago. That's where we thought podcasting would go is into more apps. We yep. integrate with apps like this. So, you know, that was probably a smart move by Spotify to do that. Yeah, I've always thought that the various verticals in the podcasting space would would get, you know, kind of associated with right. certain types of other types of content apps. But Almost it's like a- the same model, what's been happening to magazines, right? So you have a magazine that has a particular, you know, like the horse network right. deal with that magazine company that Glenn did. Well, that's, um, that's just the same type of, of that kind of stuff. That's the same right. type of example. And Glenn figured a way to infiltrate that group, you know, and that mm-hmm. group controls a whole bunch of horse magazines. So unlike Andy, who couldn't break into the RV market, Glenn found a yep. way to, you know, it was probably be, too early be, for at, Andy be added to, value, you know? I mean, Andy was doing that so long ago. That oh yeah. It was just too long early. time ago. Yeah. But you know, so. So we may see this happen more with other content verticals, apps, right? Or certain genres of podcast content can get integrated into, let's say, a lifestyle magazine type app or something like that. So you get those kind of programs over there doing deals. So I want to talk to you about something that um, is potentially coming to Podcasting 2.0. A little bit of a talk about it on the last show. Uh, it's actually a feature that was, uh, I think Kevin or Buzzsprout was the one that suggested, I think it's called pod roll. So remember the old days of blog rolls? Yeah. You know, I think for me, that's how I discovered so many different websites as I would get on a website and I would look at the blog roll that that blogger would recommend and I would follow those links into Never Neverland. I probably added the majority of the stuff that's still in my feed reader today by blog rolls. Of course, blog rolls went the way of the dinosaur. And for those of you that don't know what a blog roll was, a blog roll was basically these are the 10, 15 sites that Todd recommends that he loves. Right. It was your playlist of sorts. And it was, but, you know, it was my yeah. go to and is what I would recommend as a content creator. I would say my little site that, you know, as, as a blog at those early days, it got 200, 300 views a week. You know, those were the sites that I was reading. Uh, Podroll is the same, same, uh, it's a feature. It's the same idea. And it's basically. So you knew that, that Podroll as a company name is actually a different company that's. Offering buyers and sellers of podcasts. Oh, right. a pod P O D R O L L is a yeah. company. All right. Well, it's pod, a company. It's actually yeah. <laughs> well, this is not going to be a dot com. This is going to be a feature. <laughs> oh, it's just a feature. It's okay. a feature. Right. It in Podroll is a feature that potentially will allow me to put together a recommended list of shows that I listen to. So if, mm-hmm. if you really think about it. You have probably 10, 15 shows that you are regular listeners to that you love as your, in your podcast repertoire that's in your playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably yeah. got 20 or 25 that are my, like, you know, my regular listen one, uh, besides the one I listen to on a regular basis just for research. But imagine if you could say, if a podcast listener could be in an app 
and they're listening to the show. And at the top of that app, there are the 10 shows that Todd recommends. Right. Well, what do we do now? Uh, what did we used to do? We used to recommend shows all the time that we listened to in our own podcast. We did promo swap the shows that we love. And right. this basically codifies that or codifies that so that you can, this feature will allow a podcaster to say, here are the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten shows that I adore that you as a listener of my podcast should go listen to. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the pod roll feature. And I'm very excited about that because oh, right. I can tell people in the show, go listen to no agenda. Go right. listen to podcasting 2.0. Go listen it's a, to. Yeah, it's a recommendation engine of sorts. Right. Right. And they may be surprised some of the stuff that's in my playlist. So I can talk about it in the show, but why not expose and make it just easy so the listener doesn't have to go look that up and say, oh, I'm done with Todd's episode of the new media show. And here are the six or seven podcasts that Todd and Rob recommend that I listen to next. Bada bing, bada boom. Dave and Adam, you, let's make her happen. Do you have to be careful of the shows that you list on your preferred listening list? No. You think? Why would you? If you listen there, to them and support them. I I agree. But are there topics out there, podcast topics, that you wouldn't want somebody to know that you're a big fan of? I'm a pretty open book. I don't think so. Okay. But I don't also, I, I don't listen to political shows. Well, it's not just political. It's other topics too. Right. Well, if I was worried about that, I would not put them in that list. That is for That's, sure. That, that was my, that was my point. So, right. you know, all. if you're, if you're listening to some, uh, you know, something that might be on the fringe. Mm -hmm. And there are shows like that in the yeah, podcasting space. Sure, there's, right. you know, there's, and I wouldn't call it fringe, but there's, there's lifestyle shows, there's fetish shows, there's, there's all kinds of podcasts out there that yep. make people go, hmm, he listens to that, you know? So, yeah, you, exactly. you, you might want to be careful in what you put on your pod roll. I think most people are discerning enough to say, and that's, that's another thing too. This is why privacy in podcasting is important. Do you, yeah. you know, every, it's, you don't, you, you, do you really want your coworkers to know everything you're involved in? Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, I faced this topic when I was working on a very early platform I worked on called, called Melodio Mobilecast. Um, so we had this tool that would synchronize um, your web playlist with your mobile phone, right? Your playlist of podcasts. Um, and then it had this ability to share that playlist, right, with others, right? right? But, you know, I don't think the developers thought about, I think they thought about it purely, right, from the standpoint of, well, I'm, if I've subscribed to these, these must be shows that, you know, I feel passionate about and that I wouldn't feel bad about making visible to others, yep. right? that I follow these, um, these particular shows. And I think what we found over time is that people wanted to be able to say, well, okay, I'm willing to share this show, this show, and this show, but not that show. <laughs> so, so 
by the way, right. Bill, uh, Bill Conrad, yes, we, uh, Todd and McKenzie will be at NAB. Rob will be there as well. We'll ha- we have a booth in Central Hall. That was a question that was asked on the Facebook stream. Yep. And uh, Rob, what day do you get in? On the 17th. Okay. So I'll be at the podcast movement meetup too that's going on on the, eight, I think it's on the 18th. I haven't I think, seen the invite to that. And I think there's an event with um, I'm going to Soundstack. The, yeah, I'm going to the Soundstack on the party. 17th, on, on, on the evening of the 17th. Yeah, I'm going to that one. I didn't see the podcast movement meetup one. Yeah, it's on the 18th. Um, yeah. Yep. Come look us up, Bill, at the in Central Hall. Just look for uh, Blueberry on the uh, show list. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this pod roll thing I think would be cool to be able to have the ability to recommend shows and and to promote them. I think it would. So that's one feature I'm hoping we'll get put in. You know, it's been in discussion for a while, and but it's one of those. I was like, oh, you know. And here's the thing, too. Some many people may say, "Well, that's stupid." Well, when's the last time you got a recommendation from your podcast host of what podcast to go listen to, or from your, or from your podcast, from your podcaster yeah. that you're listening to, not podcast host? So how would that work with the RSS um, tag? You think? Oh, it'll be a it'll be a it'll be a new tag, and it'll have uh, you know all the elements you would need that a that a podcast app will be able to pull out and display. Okay, so it would be similar to the comment sharing capability, probably. Mm, no, because this would probably be something that is permanent. Um, it would be something that would unless you changed it, it would stay the same. And they may have it so that it's uh, episode specific. I would imagine maybe they would add it. Could, could be. And it would probably be at the channel level and at the episode level when they implement could, it. But Could be shared across multiple listening apps? Is that the idea? Well, the idea is, yeah, that the apps would take this information and then implement it as a feature on their app. Right. Right. You That's kind of how the commenting thing works. Yeah, too. the cross app comments is very complicated, and you know we're going to implement it here directly. But it's 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 not it's not a this is not an easy one yet. Oh, sometimes doing something innovative isn't easy. Yeah, you know, and it's it it is that's going to be the hard one. It's the coolest was one of the coolest ones, but it's very 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 you know from a user standpoint. Because there's a certain sequence of things they would have to do. Number one, you got to make a post before you start your show, or before you publish your show, and uh, have a link to that. And then the apps have to be able to somehow integrate with that, and so that works sideways. Right. And everyone's going to be using different things. They're going to be using Twitter. They're going to use Facebook, and it, some of that stuff there will not. It will not work. Because the app developers are going to be the ones that are going to be to have to do the heavy lift to figure out how to integrate with all these platforms, and with the API calls being expensive to Twitter now, they may not want to do that. And of course, Facebook limits the stuff you can pull out of Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you know, and not every you know only a few percentage points of podcasters understand Mastodon. Probably more now that Elon's pissed people off on Twitter, but. I still get huge engagement on Twitter. This show gets good engagement on Twitter. It gets better engagement on Twitter than it does on Mastodon. 
well, there's a lot more people on yep. Twitter. That's for oh, hey, we're already done. We're already long. I know. Whoa, we are. Where, where'd the time go? We're over overboard. Yeah. Well, so Rob, where and when are we going to be doing our presentation at NAB? Oh, well, um, it's going to be in the West Hall. Oh, that's where it's going to be. I don't, sorry about that. Um, in room W213 and W215. So I guess it's multiple rooms together. Okay. Um, so if you happen to be going to the NAB show uh, in Las Vegas, uh, it starts uh, next week. So as you're coming from the North Hall to West, you come in, right. I think you come in on the second floor already. Right. So you, you don't go over, over the overpass, right? Yeah. The, and, the and, and basically you don't, if you go downstairs, that brings you to the lobby level. So 213 and 215 will be on that second level that you, level that you level. come in on. So you won't have to go right. downstairs once you come across. Yeah. Unless you want to go on to the yeah, exhibition, floor. exhibition floor, but you know, right. But it's Tuesday, April 18th. Uh, from one thirty PM to two thirty PM. So is when we're not going to be live. Are they going to record it for us? Yeah, it's going to be recorded just audio. It's not going to be on the video side. So, right. so, works. so, but we, we still haven't gotten our media from podcast movement yet. Have we? No. And it's my fault. I haven't emailed Dan. So. Okay. All right. So that's all right. All right, I am Todd at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenley. And you can send me an email to rob.greenley at gmail.com. And I have a website, robgreenley.com as well. And if and, you are on Mastodon, I am, geek, I am either Todd at Blueberry.chat or Geek News at GeekNews.chat. So one or the other on Mastodon. Um, hey, I want to thank everybody for the boost today. So we had some good interaction. Uh, Martin, uh, Mike, uh, all you folks that uh, boosted today, we definitely appreciate the boost. And Martin, definitely send me your uh, uh, your address via via the snail mail email, and then we'll we'll get it in. Get that. Uh, I will get it out. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I think well, that's what are you gonna say, Rob? I was just gonna mention that the the uh, guests that we're going to have on the show um, is JD Crowley, who's the chief digital officer and president of podcasting and streaming for Odyssey. Oh, uh, is, is going to be with us on stage as well as Rob Walsh uh, of Lipson. So, okay. and Todd and I, so it'll be getting the old three crew back together again. Yeah. The three Todd old curmudgeons, right? Robs, right. Exactly. Uh, and then, J.D. Crowley, who's, you know, who's trying to live in this world between radio and podcasting. So it should be an interesting conversation on that. So were you going to have a talking points for us, Rob, like usual? Oh, of course. Oh, sure. Okay, awesome. The only, the only time we ever actually have a, an agenda for the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so it, the topic of it is going to be talking about, um, how we can continue to grow the podcasting space. Um, for the broadcasting side of things. Um, that's kind of the, the, um, the focus of it. So I'm sure it'll be a, a 
interesting conversation between radio and podcast. Well, so, it's, it's, as, a, as usual. it's a simple one. That, that is their only alternative to extinction. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's going to be a, JD's going to be a good one. I did a call call with him and he, he shared with me lots of, uh, ideas and things that he's wrestling with. So no, definitely, uh, definitely be good. Huh? Be a lot of fun. All right, everybody. Thanks. And thanks for all the Facebook comments and stuff on YouTube today as well. Definitely appreciate you've been watching on Twitter or Twitch. Uh, we'll follow up there, but, uh, we, we will not be back with you next week at the same time, but we will the following week. And hopefully we'll have an audio file pretty quickly from NAB to be able to put up online and substitute for the, the missed live show. Right. So, everybody. Thanks for being here. And it's been my pleasure. And, uh, Rob, uh, any last thought? No, I'm just, uh, Excited about the podcasting space. I, I, I think we're coming into a time when, when we may see continued consolidation, but I don't know how many times we've said this in the past, Todd, that that was going to be happening and it kind of did a little bit, but maybe not, but it could also not happen to some degree, uh, just because there's not a lot of capital oh, access. They're still looking. Oh, I know there's still, yep. it's for very specific type of opportunities though, yep. is what I'm hearing. So, yeah, they're they're uh their people are shopping for uh deals. Uh not necessarily deals, cash positive companies they're making money, you know. So if you're losing money, you're not gonna get bought. I'll just tell you that. Mm. Yeah. Well yeah. I guess that that kind of makes sense. But you gotta be above a certain digit too, and it's not necessarily a small one. So. Yeah. Or digits, yeah. multiples of digits. So all right. All right, everyone. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next time here. Everyone take care. Next time. Okay. Bye, Bye. everybody.